Good morning and welcome to Subject ACT. I'm Doug Dobie. Today is Wednesday the 8th of March and we celebrate International Women's Day honouring the social, economic, cultural and political achievements of women. And joining me today in the studio is Subject ACT Executive Producer Becca Posterino. On Subject ACT today, we recognise the remarkable achievements of Canberrans, mother and daughter Kim Annalantrit Urich. Canberra businesswoman Kim Urich joins us in the studio to talk about what could be described as almost a miracle. Kim Urich said she went on a journey with her daughter, not knowing what that journey would be. At 14 months, Kim's daughter Alantra was diagnosed with global developmental delay. At five years old, Alantra could not chew or speak. She was not able to tie her shoes until she was 13 years old. Despite being told there was nothing she could do, Kim took on the challenge to help her daughter Alantra to discover a sense of self, overcome her disability and live an independent life. We apologise for the poor sound quality of this recording. And we welcome today Kim Urich. Welcome to 2XX. Good morning, Doug. Good morning, Becca. Now, what an amazing story. I mean, could you just share some of the background of Elantra? Yeah, I can share that. Well, obviously, becoming a mum is very exciting, and that journey was great. And then at 13 months of age, as you mentioned, uh, she had an adverse reaction to vaccination, and all of a sudden, I went from having a normal child to a child with a disability. And when you put in that, you, first of all, you're kind of in a fog, don't really know much what to do with that. And... Um, so you sit in that for a little while and then you move out of that saying, well, I think I just need to find a solution to this mm. to move forward. So we started the normal medical routes of going here and going there and doing tests and lumbar hunches and you do all that kind of stuff and watch this little girl who looks at you with eyes like what's happening. And the traditional methods didn't really, all they told us was she had this global developmental delay. And that was it. But there was no solution other than she might she might go from um, special school into Woden school. She'll probably be, you know, lead, look, she looked after all her life. And she'll never really develop like your average child will. But that's okay because there's kids like that. And I just knew that I had this child that was normal when she was born and had huge potential. So I thought, I don't know what she is or isn't going to do, but I'll support her to whatever it is that she does do and to whatever her own limits are. So we then started on a, a journey of looking for solutions for her. So you were told at one stage that really there was nothing that you could do. People tell you that and you've only got to look around at the various things that people have done in the world to know that that's not necessarily true. There's a small percentage of people who always push through mm -hmm. and that does take effort. But if you can choose, I guess it's choice. You can choose to listen to what someone else says or you can choose to listen to your own inner voice and go, you know, it doesn't feel right. So I'll just put on my armour cladding and bulletproof vest for the day to go out and deal with the system in order to move to where I need to move for it and just set whatever they think of me is none of my business anyway and just go forward. And that's what we did. Now, now Kim, at the time when you got that news, what was it like to you personally as a mum? Um, you know, it, it, you kind of just, I don't know, it's like being in a room with no doors and no lights. And because you really just don't know where to go for hope. And I think that's the one thing that's missing. And so you just sit and then something comes along and it's like a glimmer. And you kind of go towards that to see where that'll go. And you open different doors and some you open and there's nothing on the other side. And, and a couple, we opened, there was. And so I guess it's just like all of a sudden you just have to, you push it aside and move forward. And I don't know any other way to do that, but it's, you know, you don't want to go out with friends. I can remember watching friends with their kids and they give their kids a popper and a straw and they could drink instantly. 
and she couldn't. Mm. Um, they could do stuff and she couldn't. And she was very tall and she was still in a pram yeah. and all of the normal developmental things. So you find that, you know, I remember one Mother's Day, my brother said, you're not here. I said, no, I'm coming. I'm sick of the conversation of why she's not doing this and why she's not doing that and something else. He said, really, it doesn't sound like you. And I went, yeah, okay, fine. Okay, fine. All right, I'll go. And then someone said, why isn't she walking? I said, I don't know. And they said, um, I said, ask her. I never said she couldn't. Never, ever used the words she couldn't, ever. <laughs> and um, they said, okay, I'll ask her. Well, she wasn't speaking at the time, so that was really interesting. And they said, oh, she didn't answer. I said, I guess she doesn't want to say anything today. Mm-hmm. And that's how I dealt with it. So, so Kim, how did, how did Elantra communicate to you? Oh, you know, as a mum, your children always communicate. You just know mm. and through eyes and this and that and he, she, for everything she couldn't do she was never a whinger she was always incredibly happy with who she was always and so she if she couldn't get up with the other kids she didn't care she'd sit on the floor and we'd have around um play groups and eventually the kids would all be on the floor it was amazing <laughs> and she but she just didn't care that she couldn't and so they would come. She didn't care if somebody didn't accept her. I can remember we were being um, at a school and kids didn't want to sit with her. And this was later when she could talk. And I said to her, how do you feel? And she said, it's okay. They just chose not to do that today. She has a, she's an amazing individual. And I guess I learned a tremendous amount from her, seriously. And I learned to, to as much as I was her guide, she was my guide. And I just went on that journey with her, yes, not yes. quite knowing what that journey was going to be. But we just did it day by day and just followed what felt right. Mm. So this journey has been going, like Elantra now is 24. Yeah. And, and at the moment, while we are doing this interview, Elantra is actually studying at university. Yeah, you so. know, she's gone from, we've had amazing challenges. Not only is that she's driving, we had to go to the, AA, the, the tribunal for that too. We've had lots of things to do because um, everyone said she couldn't. But she drives, she does uni and all without support. Uh, the only support she gets at uni is an extra 20 minutes for every hour or something on your exam paper and she does it all herself she doesn't ask for help she is incredibly confident in what she's doing and it's like watching a flower that was just wilted that's just come to life and changed colors and just got bigger and bolder as time's gone on and i can't wait to see where she eventually goes she's just amazing Kim, could I just ask you, obviously, Elantra has this inherent resilience within mm. her that comes from a place that perhaps is obviously <laughs> channeling her parents. Yeah. But that resilience is obviously a fundamental trait as to what has driven her. And as you say, you use the word bold. That is the theme of International Women's Day today, be bold for change. And she has that bold resilience within her. How important are those qualities, do you think, in bringing her to the point where she is today okay you you need to have because she's a willing student okay and you need to have that within you um had i listened to the system that boldness would have been covered and buried and never ever risen to the fore because she wouldn't have been given the opportunity to show who she was and so i think it's within a lot of us in fact i would say it's nearly within all of us but a lot of the time you get slammed and therefore you never get up so it's kind of like not how many times you go down how many times you step up and she's had to step up and step up and step up as mm-hmm. we did but in saying that as long as you can see progress you'll take the next step mm-hmm. and so there have been tiny tiny baby steps and people have often said um it doesn't look like she's moving forward i said you've only got to look behind to see how far she's come mm-hmm. so yeah so it's very important 
If you've just tuned in, happy International Women's Day. Be bold for change is the theme for today for International Women's Day. And we're in the studio with a remarkable woman, the mother of a young girl, baby child at the time who was told that she could she would not be able to walk she would not be able to be normal and I put those in inverted commas and we're exploring how that bold resilience of a human being and of the support of a remarkable mother can motivate and empower a human being a woman to be and achieve her full potential so you're in the studio with Doug Dobing who has organized this wonderful interview and my name is Becca Posterino. Please stay tuned for more as Kim talks about what could be described as almost a miracle, helping a daughter um, overcome a disability, discover a sense of self and become an independent woman. We have Shia singing Never Give Up. Stay tuned for more.
You're listening to 2XXFM 98.3 on Wednesday's International Women's Day edition of Subject ACT. The theme for International Women's Day today is Be Bold for Change. And we have a fine example in our studio today of a woman who has empowered herself and her daughter uh, to achieve their full potential. We welcome back into the studio Kim Urich. Thank you for joining us today, Kim. And we're talking about your... I guess, um, your radiant young daughter, who's actually at university today. Her name's Elantra. And uh, Doug's going to share some more of your interesting stories with us of how she has grown up and achieved. Now, Kim, before you, as we were talking before we started the interview, you were talking about you being a person who's solution-focused. Even though you were told at one stage there's nothing that you could do, mm-hmm. you had to accept that your daughter had a disability and that was it. Yep. But you didn't believe them. No. So what did you do? Well, I decided once I could, uh, they wanted to give a label and, I, uh, and a label wasn't going to give a solution. So I went outside the system and I'm a firm believer in everything happening for a reason. And a friend rang me, introduced me to a gentleman who said, um, your daughter has a brain injury. He was the first person who put it in the terminology. And he gave me a whole bunch of videos and said, take these home and have a look at them and bring them back tomorrow. And I thought, oh, my God. So I chose a couple. And within seconds of watching it, I knew I had to go pursue this. And what it was was it was an introduction to the work of a gentleman called Glenn Doman over in Philadelphia. And I got very excited because I thought this is what I need. And then I got very disheartened because I found out they only take four hundred parents a year and so I went from a high to a low and then I thought that's okay I'll just do the application and and all being well we'll get in and I remember the envelope arriving and it was more nerve-wracking than opening exam results from school or from university and I opened and I got so excited because we'd been accepted to go and so I went and it's a parent only so you don't take your child and we learned literally where our children were neurologically and then exactly what kind of program to put together. So they said, well, okay, seven days a week, you've got all this physical stuff because it's about getting both sides of the brain connected. So you need to put her on a table and, and, and do cross-patterning. And Malkara gave us a gym mat to do that. So we turned our dining room table into the, into the work table. And then we had to build up to two and a half kilometers a day on your hand, like crawling. Um, on your hands and knees and then 800 metres a day of that SAS kind of underneath the barbed wire creeping and crawling and we soon discovered we needed bike pads for our elbows and knees and we got very excited for visitors said we'll do it we go oh you have a go it's very exhausting and no appreciation for toddlers and we did that and then she got a little bored so then we put arrows on the floor and wrote words on them because during the process of being accepted I did what's called flashcards and I thought if she never ever learns to talk and she never learns to walk she'll be able to read and it was amazing um she was able to read and spell um before she could talk it was just phenomenal and so i thought that's a gift so that nobody will actually be able to put anything over her if nothing else and so we started this journey it was very exciting and we would sit up my husband would go buy 60 80 books we would cut them up and put them onto these things i can remember hearing my mother say don't deface books but never mind we put them on and away we went and we spent till the early hours of the morning doing that. Then we'd work through it during the day. And we did this six days a week. And at the end of that, it was about six weeks, she decided to go to bed. And I've always trusted she knew very much what was right for her. And she stayed there. And uh, Malkara, she was at Malkara at the time, and they said, when's she coming in? And we said, I don't know, when she's ready. And 
they said, oh, when's that? When she's ready. And when she did get up, it was about four to five weeks later, she walked with a smaller gait. She had started to babble. So this is like five and a half years of age when this is starting to happen. Mm-hmm. And um, so she was still walking a bit like a chicken, but not quite as much like a little chicken. And, um, but she was very excited. And we were excited. And then she didn't want to do that anymore. So now I had another challenge. I needed to find another solution. And... I was fortunate enough to meet a gentleman, uh, Leon Sheldon, who introduced me to the work of a gentleman called Charles Krebs, who wrote a book, The Revolutionary New Way of Thinking. Charles was amazing. He, I'm a firm believer in, I don't have to study the roots of the tree if I can pick the fruit. Mm. Okay, so he was a gentleman that had scholastically, academically been able to do everything, you know, physically. And then he was um, got a air bubble and was in a, the Navy's deep sea compression chamber for 10 days when I met him he was a quadriplegic when I met him three and a half years later he walked with a limp and he said it's about the brain you've got to get the brain right and if the circuit board's right everything's right so we then started another new journey he said the only person I've taught he said I can't do this for you um, we had one session that was September 1999 he said um, I taught one person she's in Melbourne mm. I said okay we go to Melbourne and I didn't know how long that was going to be we started that in two th- the end of 2000, and we're still doing it. If you've just tuned, <coughs> excuse me, if you've just tuned in, you're listening to Two XFM People Powered Radio, and this program is subject to ACT. It's local current affairs, uh, with a curious or from a curious and informed gaze. And today we're celebrating International Women's Day, and I just want to highlight some of the values that International Women's Day represents, Kim, because your story really does intertwine and encompass many of these values. Uh, justice, dignity, hope, equality, collaboration, tenacity, appreciation, respect, empathy and forgiveness. Now, I'm reading from the International Women's Day website, but um, throughout ancient and modern history, women have collaborated and made purposeful action to redress inequality in the hope of a better future for their communities, children and themselves. And that's what you've done, Kim. You've actually gone, you've resisted that tendency to be defeatist and you've, you've not complied to the system, which is something many of us would struggle to do. Um, in adversity, you've found resilience and tenacity within you and you've made your own decisions based on your instinct and your own research and you've overcome amazing obstacles. How does it feel to hear me say that to you when you've actually probably struggled a lot within this story it's interesting because when you learn it you don't view it from that point of view at all and you don't you just see it as okay I'm a mum doing the best for my daughter and you don't kind of look at it in terms beyond that until somebody says this is what you've done and I guess when you look at it from that point of view you go yeah I guess that's what I have done mm. and looking over I mean Elantra now is 24 years old mm. She's studying university at this moment, but looking over those 24 years, are there a couple of moments where you go, I really had to push through, I really had to dig deep, I really had to be bold? Um, can you remember some of those moments? Yeah, some of those moments are when the system, for example, when um, at Malkara, I said I wanted to put her into mainstream schooling. They said, well, that won't work because she won't pass the psychological test to do that. And I said, well, why don't we do the test as a game so she doesn't feel like she's being tested? And he said, okay. And much to the gentleman's credit because the first test he said, no, she wouldn't get through. And that's when they did it as a test. And the second time when they did it as a game, 
she came through and he, much to his credit, he changed his original assessment and said, I've never seen a child do this and yes, you can mainstream her. And then they said, well, you can't put her into mainstream because it's going to be very embarrassing for her because she's not toilet trained. She didn't really care. She was seven and who cares, you know, because it was difficult. And I mentioned it to the lady in Melbourne and literally within 72 hours, she was toilet trained day and night. And it was just <laughs> it was amazing. So she went to the to the primary school, and then we went through what other kids think. And one kid tied her shoelaces once together, so that she was difficult walking. And um, both my husband and I were a little upset about that. And she just said, "Oh, you don't know, you could do that." It was kind of like, "Okay." So she had a whole whole different attitude about that, which was really good. So she had a new, new socialisation tool. Well, yeah, I didn't see it. She yeah. didn't see it as a. Well, she did a little. As she's gotten older, it's interesting. She's now realised, looking back, that that was bullying which is interesting. She's come, and the movie Blindside brought that to her attention, but she's worked through that. And then we got all of that, and I thought, oh, great, she's in the system. And then we went to the um, high school, and she was great at language. Her dad's very gifted. And then we discovered she couldn't do languages. And we said, why can't she do languages? These kids don't do languages. Well, we want to come here to do Italian because you offer it, and this child does Italian. Well, we've never offered it. Well, why don't we offer it and just see what happens? And now as a result of that, they offer languages to kids with disabilities. So I thought, okay, we tick that off the list. Then we go into to get her, she went to go to Narrabunda College, which was out of area. So she was determined, so I was determined, and so we figured out how to do that, and that, that was another tick the box. And then she wanted to do tertiary because she said she wanted to be a teacher. This is a kid at the time in year 11 was doing grade five maths and struggling. So I got into Bible and I said to the woman, she wants to do tertiary. She said, you're joking. I said, no, that's what she wants, so we've got to lift the bar. She said, okay. By the end of that year, she was doing 11, grade 11 maths. She just, and we worked and put it together and got the books and the things, and you just went through it, and we ticked that box. And then she went to learn to drive. Well, I <laughs> discovered I couldn't do that. I was too nervous when I thought we were <laughs> going to run into the top of Mirinjani village. So I thought, no. So we got a t uh, gentleman. I said, it'll take about 30 lessons. And unfortunately, the first lesson... There's an auditor in there, and they, she gets a letter in the mail, Elantra does, saying that she's, um, it's come to their attention, she has a disability, and she won't be able to ever drive. So she gives me the letter and says, this is a letter full of lies. This is not true. And I said, you're right, it's not true. So then we went to the tribunal and everything else, the mediation, and eventually what they discovered is, yes, this child could drive, and we continued lessons, and now she has her licence, uh, full licence, and she drives herself to uni, maintains her own car, and she drives part of the way to Melbourne. In fact, 500 km to Melbourne now, and we drive <laughs> that journey together. And we do that, and, um, and then, of course, university. So each one's been a stepping stone, but she's learnt from learning sense of humour, learning how to chew, learning all of that, to now we're working on um, socialisation skills for when she gets into the workforce because she's a bit abrupt. <laughs> she's definite. Very bold. Very bold. Yeah. We're listening to TXX uh, on Subject ACT as we, as we feature International Women's Day. And if you've only just tuned in, we're talking with Kim Urich, uh, mother of Elantra. And Kim was told when Elantra was only 14 months with a developmental delay that there's nothing she can do. But Kim has um, not listened to those stories and she's found solutions. She's found ways to uh, make it work. She's worked with her daughter and today her daughter is an independent woman currently studying university. Now, Kim, there, there are many people who have children with a disability. Mm -hmm. um, is there anything that you could say to them to, to encourage 
them through that journey? I think the biggest thing that you, you need to do is have hope because that gives you, then puts you in a position of where you'll look for solutions. And it's very easy to buy what the system tells you and what's there and you can be bombarded and you have to step back in order to move forward. And really, as a mum, just trust your inner intuition. And if you think your child has the ability to do th more than they're doing, then you go after that and don't listen to anybody else. And when you talk about intuition, um how would you describe being in tune with your intuition to know where you are at and where your child is at? You know, mothers are mothers for a reason. And you really do know your children if you if you and, and you just you just know when you have this little child that they're capable of more. And you just and here's the thing, if you have a child with a disability who's not gonna do everything that my daughter did, it doesn't really matter. What matters is that that child reaches their full potential, whatever their full potential is. It doesn't matter what that is, but whatever that is. And you move forward. And the kids get so excited to see their own progress. Mm -hmm. They really do. And just because they don't talk like everybody does or don't behave like everyone does, doesn't mean that you don't have someone who thinks and feels and who's quite intelligent. Because you've, you've said before that you allowed Elantra to um, take responsibility and guide her progress. Yeah, as well. I did. I, I always trusted that she knew where she wanted to go and what she wanted to do. And we often didn't understand it, but we just did what we could. If she had stopped it anyway and said, I don't want to do any more, then we would have said, okay. Mm. We wouldn't have pushed her beyond where she wanted to go. So we have just gone with her on this journey and it's still going. And it'll come a time when she's done with this. Mm -hmm. And then we just step back. So we have a child who at 14 months was diagnosed or labelled as globally developmentally delayed. She's currently studying teaching. She can drive, she can talk, she ha can um, speak language um, or has learned languages. So there's no barriers. What, what are some of her goals and, and dream uh, guy on life directions at this moment? Um, what she wants to do is she's going to move out of home. She wants to move out of home into her own apartment and that should happen within about the next three months and live independently. We're going, oh, okay, let's, but, you know, that's what she wants to do, so she'll do that. She wants to then get a job in administration because she gave up on teaching because what she discovered was why would you teach anyone who doesn't want to learn? So that was her thing. So and at the moment, that's her, that's her priority. So she's always had very single focus goals. She doesn't do a lot of things at any one time. She does it, ticks it off, and goes to the next one. But she, she's always very, very focused. When she wanted a car, she wanted a Lancer. She wanted four doors. It had to be silver. It had to be this. There was all these other cars we came with, but no. Guess what? She eventually found the silver one, the four door, in the price range, exactly what she wanted. And she will continue until she gets what she wants. She won't settle for less. Doesn't settle for less. Wow. Now, Kim, here we are on International Women's Day and we're recognising the achievements, the political, personal, economic achievements of women um, around the world. Thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your story, your struggle, your journey um, and also Elantra's story. So thank you for joining us today, Kim. You're very welcome. Thank you for the opportunity to share her story. And please pass on um, our, our best wishes to Elantra. Um, and we'll have this story up for her to listen to later. So best wishes, Elantra. Mm -hmm. um, but despite 
the challenges of life, we have some remarkable stories of women and let us celebrate today, International Women's Day. Stay tuned for more on 2XXFM 98.3. Happy International Women's Day. Thank you so much, Kim. I hope you enjoy your day and pass on our deepest um, regards to Elantra and we wish her all the best and we'd love to have her in the studio another time. Right. Thanks, Becca. Thanks, Doug. Thank you so much. You've been listening to 2XXFM. Subject ACT, Local Current Affairs. Happy International Women's Day. Tune in each weekday 8.30 till 9am or you can follow us on Twitter, SoundCloud and Facebook.